Man, so it's good to be here at GRX. Hey, hey, As Pastor you know, Scott. That hey, Pastor a... Scott. Hey. hey How's Pastor. it going? Hi. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm, I'm okay. Good. Hey, um, how's your thumb doing oh. from last week? You know, funny you should say, because, you know, I went to the emergency room last week, and, and it's, it's going to do all right. I think I'll be okay, yeah. But, you know, that hammer really did a number on it. And so, um, but while I was in the emergency room, I was thinking, and I was thinking about, what the Bible was saying about how honoring God and, and what we need to do about that. And, you know, really, it made me really aware of what I do when I feel those feelings of anger or upset, being upset. And, you know, I think also just being aware of that. So I'm not going to do that. And I guess I also won't name random people's names either while I'm, when I'm feeling like that either. You know? Yeah, it's good. That's good. So I'm glad you're learning some things now and then. Yeah. Sorry, excuse me. You look really tired. Are you okay? No, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm pretty tired, though. Yeah. Uh, have you been taking your time off? Regular breaks, things like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, even just yesterday, I was at home, and I spent all day at home, and I just played video games all day long. Yeah. All day long? It, yeah. Video yeah. games. It was my Sabbath. Your Sabbath? Yeah. You know? Oh, you know, you mentioned the Sabbath. That's interesting, because actually, that's what we're going to be talking about today. In service, the Sabbath. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, that's really cool because I think, I like to think that I'm pretty good about taking my Sabbath. I'm, I'm really good, you know. I just, I just stay at home and I play video games or I catch up on all the TV shows that I got to watch, you know, because I don't have time during the week. And so, um, or maybe I'll just sleep, you know. Yeah, just sleep the whole yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, Sabbath is actually much more than that. I mean, more than just video games or TV or, or sleeping all day. There's a little bit more. You mean it's not just sitting at home? I always thought I was just chilling at home and not doing anything, you know, just doing nothing, really. No, I thought we could just catch up on my TV shows. No, it's more than that. It's much, it's much bigger than that. So you mean I can't play video games and watch my TV shows or do any of that stuff? No, no, no. You can do that. You can do that. But there's just so much more that God intends for us to do with our Sabbath. Uh, and that's what we're going to get into today. Oh, well, let me think. I got to think on that. But, you know, I'd love to hear more. But right now, I got to go teach at Kids Zone. But I'll be sure to listen to that podcast later, though. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Terrence. All right. Thank you. All right. So, if you've been around a while, you've been knowing that we've been doing these campy skits about the Ten Commandments. And what we're trying to do is we're actually trying to inc- uh, introduce a little bit of, of lightness to something that traditionally. People sometimes bring a lot of heaviness to, like, ah, oh, the Ten Commandments. What's going on here? And today we're going to look at the Fourth Commandment and what God introduces to this commandment that is really about more about life and about giving life. See, the Ten Commandments, if you've been with us, you know that I've been going down this line, this big idea that the Ten Commandments are not something that's supposed to be filling us with guilt or with shame or this big burden on top of us. But the Ten Commandments are given by God to us as a way of life, and a way for us to have relationship with God, and then with ourselves, and with other people. And it's actually to lead us to life. And so the first three commandments are these commandments. It's put God first. Don't have any other gods before. God says, put me first. Because I love you and I brought you up out of slavery, out of the bondage in Egypt. I love you, so put me first. 
And the second thing he says is get free from idols. Man, we live in a time where we give ourselves to all kinds of idols. Pastor Ali preached on that when he talked about the car and how a car can be an idol for him. So just get free from idols. How do we get free from idols? And then last week we talked about naming God rightly. Naming God rightly. Don't take God's name in vain. Don't use God's name superfluously, but name God rightly. And not only just name God rightly in our words, but name God rightly in our lives. If you name yourself as a Christian and you bear the name of Christ, being and resembling Christ as a Christian, then how are we naming God rightly in our lives? And when people look at our lives, do they see Christ in our lives? Because we're naming God rightly with how we live. And we're living our lives that glorify Jesus Christ. Not just with our words, but with our very being. And today is the fourth commandment. And today we're going to look at Sabbath. And Sabbath is a word that means to cease, to stop, or to rest. To cease, to stop, or to rest. And I hope that today this word of rest will be a word of good news to us and to you. We're going to look at what it means to rest in God and then to see how the ramifications of that rest play out in our work. See, it's rest and work that's going to show up in this commandment. (coughs) When I look at us, who doesn't need more rest? And so, you know, even as I'm going through this sermon, if you feel like you need a little extra rest... You just lay your head down on your neighbor next to you. And that's all right, because I know you'll be practicing this sermon. If you even apply, you'll be applying it right now. Sabbath rest. But let me throw these stats at you. It is hard to rest. It is hard to rest. Check this out. In 1850, the average American slept 9.5 hours a night. Man, that's glorious. 100 years later, in 1950, that number dropped to eight hours a night. And now, in our day and time, the average American sleeps less than seven hours per night. And I bet there are people here in this room that sleep even less than that. How much sleep, how much rest do you get each night? you're honest with yourself, how much rest do you really get? According to the National Sleep Foundation, 49% of us now in this day and age have sleeping disorders. (coughs) We're a group that's chronically tired all the time. There was a study by the National Institute of Mental Health, and the participants were allowed to sleep as much as they wanted. Man, sign me up for that study. That's awesome. I'm going to sleep as much as they want. And this is what the National Institute found out. That those people who slept as much as they wanted, they slept 8.5 hours a night. But this is really cool. When they did this study, they asked the people how they felt. And they said that they felt happier, they felt less fatigued, they felt more creative, they felt more energetic and productive. Hey, as your pastor, that's what I want for you. More productive, more creative, more expansive. 
that you live more of your life to the full. And so that's why, man, Sabbath, it's, like it's a big-time deal for us and our discipleship. And what does it mean to follow after God? Because that's who we can become. God intends for us to be full of life. That's just not a good idea by the National Institute of Mental Health. God put it in the Ten Commandments. He commands us to rest. He commands us to rest so that we might be creative and that we might be productive and that we might be energetic and live a balanced life between good work and great rest. He puts it right here for us. The fourth commandment is good news for anybody who's feeling overworked and stressed out and burned out and wiped out because we're just not sleeping enough. Just not resting. So with that, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. And I think God knows that we have a hard time resting. And I think that's why he puts us into this commandment. The Bible says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, your male servants or your female servants, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, the day of rest, and he made it holy. Now, Abraham Heschel, he's a 20th century uh, professor at the Jewish Theological Seminary of America. He wrote this beautiful, almost poetic book on the Sabbath. And he makes this observation that in the fourth commandment, when God says, set aside the Sabbath day and make it holy, what God is sanctifying and making holy and setting apart is time. It's time that God is saying, make holy. Now, this is a radical idea. This is a new idea. And maybe it's even a little bit new for us today. Because if you think about people and the way that we're wired, and you think about human nature, what people do is that people make physical things holy. A holy place. Well, Jerusalem, that's a holy place. Or a holy object. This object, this relic, this thing is a holy object. Physical things are holy. Even in the Exodus story, when Moses is on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments from God, the people are down below, and what are they doing? You know the story, you know that the people are making a golden calf and gathering around this physical object and worshiping it. People are wired to make physical things and places holy. But what God is doing, and he's actually reintroducing this idea, is that God is saying that time is holy. 
Don't make a physical thing holy, but take the seventh day and set it apart and make it special and sanctify it. It's actually an old idea that God started even in the Genesis story. Six days, God labored in creation. And on the seventh day, God rested. He says, don't make some object holy. Set aside this one day, this one unit of time, and make this day holy. And the transformation, the big idea, is to see our time as sacred. Our time is what is sacred and holy. What God wants us to set us apart. Okay, think about this. Think about this. We all have the same amount of time every week. We all get seven days. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It does not matter how rich you are or how poor you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or you're a woman or you're single or you're married. We all get seven days. It's very equal. We all get seven days. How will you invest your seven days? Even think about this last week. How did you invest your seven days? When I check in with people, I'm a pastor, that's what I do. I check in with people, see how people are doing. I say, hey, how's it going? How's your week? What are you doing? These are the answers I hear. Oh, man, my week was packed. Oh, man, I am busy. I am too busy. I am crazy busy. I am so busy. I never have enough time. I never have enough time. I said, you got seven days, just like me, just like the next person. What are you doing with your time? But I understand that. You know, in our culture, it's not surprising at all that I hear that all the time. Man, I'm so busy. I'm over busy. I'm crazy busy. Because we live in a 24-7 culture. We live in a culture that we thrive on busy. I mean, we can do almost everything at almost any time, at any day. I had 24-hour gas stations. You need to buy something at the store? No problem. You got shops open 24 hours. You, you hungry? Open all night. You go make a run, grab some food, 24-7, all the time. And then you layer on that all the other stuff that is just in our full lives. Our jobs, our school, our study, our family. If you're at GRX, we've had like six or seven babies. We got a, we got, I mean, that's the collective we, not Evelyn and I. We haven't had six or seven babies. But like our church, and so I know there's like a lot of newborns out here among us. And, and you know, little babies are fun, but man, they take a lot of work. You got to feed them and then wash them. Well, you can wash them like every other day. You don't have to wash them every day. And then, you know, but they poop. And then you got to clean them up. And then you got to do that whole thing again in the next three hours. You got to, it's like, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of things going on. Now, let me say this about work. Because the commandment talks about work and rest. 
and they're both good. Work is good. Work is good. We're designed to create and we're designed to invent and organize, build and teach, understand and grow. And good work, when good work is appreciated and it's helpful and we serve through our work, it's a beautiful thing. That's how we were created. But work can so easily become our master. Work can become our master. We can become enslaved to it. And here, here you hear yourself in this. We can become enslaved to our work and enslaved to the income associated with that work. We can become enslaved to the affirmation that we get from our work and our work colleagues. We can become addicted to the adrenaline rush that we get when we're right up against a big deadline. We can become oppressed by the stress and worry and anxiety that comes with our work. We can feel that our self-worth is totally wrapped up in our work and in our performance review. Our boss says we did a good job. Wow, I'm feeling good about myself. Get a bad peer review and my boss says, man, you totally failed on that. We get totally yelled at and our whole self-image can go into the tank. Sometimes who we are gets too wrapped up in our work. And sometimes to kind of get all that benefit from work because of who we are is wrapped up in it, we work harder and harder and harder and then we find ourselves we're workaholics. Because we can't stop. Because we don't know how to put boundaries on our week. And if all the days run together, you begin to feel like your schedule is running you rather than you running your schedule. And you just feel like a hamster on a wheel or a machine in the cog and you're just slaving and slaving and slaving just like the Israelites were slaving in Egypt before God called them out and then gave them Ten Commandments and said, hey, six days you rest, but then one day you sanctify it and you break. See, the Sabbath is God's invitation to salvation from all that binds us and all that we have wrapped up into work. Because in the Sabbath, a boundary line is set up and God commands it for us to set that up. See, here's the objection. Maybe right now some of you are thinking, okay, 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 I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you, Scott, I hear you. But my reality is I've got so much to do and I have to work seven days a week just to keep up. Lives and schedules are packed, and it's hard to rest. You know, in the creation, in Genesis, God works and then rests on the seventh day. God didn't do this because he was tired, or God didn't stop because he had to. There was a day when work could be done. But the reason why God stopped was because it was good. 
simply because it was good. Practicing Sabbath for us as human beings, we are not machines, nor were we meant to be machines. It's good for us to cease because we're human and we're made in the image of God. And God ceased to show us what it is to live a full existence. We need to cease and to rest because it's what it is to be human and to be who God created us to be. Now, practicing Sabbath for us is an act of faith. And it's really an act of faith in two ways. First, we trust. We trust that God will meet us when we set aside that time for God. In worship and in our rest, we trust that God will meet us. And then the second thing, we trust that all the things that we have to do, God will help us take care of those things in all the other days that we've got. It's a big act of trust to say, hey, all that stuff I feel like I gotta do, I'm just gonna let it go for one day. I just wonder right now, people inside are fighting me. Are you fighting me for that right now? Are you feeling that? Are you going like, I can't do that? If you're fighting it, yeah, this is like the edge of where God's saying, yeah, you can trust me. You can trust me with your week. You can trust me with your week. All right, the intentionality of Sabbath interrupts that week where day after day after day we're working. You know, John Calvin, he's one of the giants in the church. He was a 16th century theologian. He was reflecting on the Sabbath. And he said this, we must rest entirely on the Sabbath in order that God may work in us. Because when we release all the work that we're doing and we let God be at work, we let God work in the world and we also let God work in our hearts when we feel like we're the ones that have to do it and to make it happen all the time. And then when we intentionally live in Sabbath, when we do that and we set aside that time to rest, then our work is also transformed. Because then the other days of the week begin to emerge in the reality that all this, that all the time that we have is really a sacred gift that God gives us, that God allows us to steward. It's a little bit like this. You know, you heard the expression, time is money. So I'm going to talk about money a little bit just to make everybody feel a little uncomfortable and also try to bring this analogy out a little bit. Okay, so is your money that you've got, is it yours or is it God's? Okay, on the podcast, this is where an awkward silence <laughs> prevails in the room. Is your money God's or God's? Okay, now if, you, if you're visiting GRX, it's like your first Sunday and like you're not a Christian, you're just kind of checking out what Christians do and you're just checking out, okay, your money is yours. <laughs> All right? 
And people are like, okay, I want to be a non-Christian this morning. Then. Okay? All right. But if you are a Christian and you say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I'm looking to follow him with my whole life, then for all the Christians that are in the room, your money is not yours. Your money belongs to God. And God has given it to us to steward, to use. When we set aside our money, and we give it over to God, and we consecrate it, we make it holy, we prayerfully lift it up to God, then what happens is we see the resource that we have completely differently. We see it as, how does God want to use this resource that I have to build his kingdom, and to build his church, and to support missionaries, and to support orphans, and to build houses? How do we use what God has given us to bless other people? Now, it's the same idea with time. It's the same idea with time. How does God want me to invest my week? How does God want me to invest my day? How does God want me to live my work life in Him? And how does God want me to live my day of rest in Him? Isaiah chapter 58 says it this way. If you refrain from trampling on the Sabbath and pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, If you honor the day of rest, not going your own ways and serving your own interests, pursuing your own affairs, then it says this, then you shall take delight in the Lord. You'll take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. Jesus on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and he went to worship But Jesus Christ didn't only go to worship God. Jesus also went there and he healed. The story in Mark 2, Matthew 12, says that when Jesus on the holy day went into the synagogue and he was going to go to worship, he also healed. So what do we do on the Sabbath? Do we just kind of go home, we kick back and watch TV all day and play our video games and we snooze and, hey, I'm all for a nap. I love a good nap. But it's much more than that. Our Sabbath is much more than that. There's a writer named Marva Dawn and she wrote this incredibly beautiful book called Keeping the Sabbath Holy. And she says this, to cease working on the Sabbath means to quit laboring anything that is work. Activity that is enjoyable and freeing and not undertaken for the purpose of accomplishment qualifies as acceptable for Sabbath time. That Sabbath time and activity is anything that is enjoyable and freeing. Let me ask you these kinds of questions. As you think about how would you spend a Sunday? How would you spend an ideal Sunday? Let me ask you these kinds of questions. These are Sabbath activity questions that help us. Are you ceasing from your regular work? 
Does this activity bring rest and restoration to my soul and to your soul? Does it create joy and freedom? Does it fill you with a sense of contentment and peace and wholeness? Does it give life to others and bring healing to other people? Does it draw you into deeper connection with God? I'm going to throw in some more practical suggestions. Just try to put a little finer point on this. Be intentional with your Sabbath time. If we're not intentional about our time, then what happens with our time is it's just like water that just gets poured out on the ground and it just spreads out and we lose it. So number one, be intentional with Sabbath rest. You've got to be intentional about how we're going to spend our time. And then the second thing, if you work in an office all day, then your Sabbath activity may be to get outside into nature and pay attention to the beauty and the perfection of God's creation. That could be a cool Sabbath activity for you to do. How about this? If you work with people and your whole week is pouring into others all the time, then your Sabbath activity and good news in your life might be to invest and spend a little time in solitude. Oh, man. Give me some time where I'm just relaxing and being in God's presence. If you love to shop and you buy things all the time, then your Sabbath activity might be to cease from buying things. Take a day where you don't shop on the internet or you don't buy something. And you just say, God, I'm going to go home and I'm going to appreciate the things I have. I'm going to give thanks for the stuff in my home. Hey, if your work is sitting in front of a computer all day, then your Sabbath is to rest and cease from technology and email and spend some face-to-face time with some real people who you love and who love you. Technology has a way of seeping in and creeping into all the moments of our life. And if you're tied to technology and you're 24-7 email and on your phone and on your device, I got a challenge for you. Put down the phone. I can't put down my phone. I gotta just check. I gotta check. Did the California Golden Bears win last night? I gotta check. Did the Giants win? Hey, if you feel like email and work and stuff is it's, just put it down. The world will survive if you don't check your email for 24 hours. It will. Does that even feel possible? Does it even feel possible to be unplugged? Hey, when we get unplugged, it gives us a chance to rest spiritually, emotionally, physically, intellectually. There's a calling to cease from worry, control, possessiveness, consumerism, and instead be present to God and to be present to the people that are right in front of us. 
That's what God calls us to when he says, rest, rest. Our Sabbath activities today here at GRX, Sunday worship. We gather to sing God's praises and to name God rightly with our lives. We come and gather to pray together. We come and gather to be before God's word and to reorient our lives in God. And we eat together. Today we're going to do food fellowship afterwards. That is a Sabbath activity to eat and enjoy one another's company. Fellowship. To be together. Celebrating together. Connecting together. Spending time together. Food fellowship is what we do on the first and third Sundays. It's not about the food. It's about the fellowship. It's about affirming God's goodness in the community. The gift of other brothers and sisters in Christ who we can celebrate. We can celebrate here at GRX. I'm talking about a radical way to be community together. I just heard, even today, I was listening to the radio coming down. There's a new virtual community that's emerging. People are wondering if it's going to dethrone Facebook. It's called Elo. Maybe you heard of that? It's like hello, but without the H. It's Elo. And, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not super techie, but I look at it and I go, man... Do we really need one more virtual community? Really? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we need more real community. I think we need more actual community. We need more time where we're eating real food and sitting across from real people and celebrating our real God together. Six days you'll work. One day, keep the Sabbath holy. Keep the Sabbath holy. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that every week you call us to be intentional about our time, and you say, hey, be human. Come away. Put down all the stuff that your world says you got to work all the time. You got to consume all the time. And say, hey, come away and be with me. Rest, worship, celebrate, connect. And God, thank you that you give us the gift of doing that here at GRX every Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.